Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Gabe Rosenberg, and it's Wednesday, February 7th. We are four days away from the Super Bowl. Taylor Swift just won her fourth Grammy for Album of the Year. Travis Kelsey is heading to his fourth NFL championship with the Kansas City Chiefs, and together, they're arguably the world's most famous couple. They're also the target of increasingly far-out conspiracy theories. We'll dive into the conservative backlash against Swellsey. But first, some headlines. North America's biggest writers' conference kicks off today. The Association of Writers and Writing Programs will bring close to 8,000 authors, poets, and publishers to Kansas City. Director of Conferences Colleen Cable says the four-day event is also a chance to highlight the local scene. There's a big, healthy literary community in Kansas City, and so we're really excited to come to Kansas City and kind of support all of this literary ecosystem that's taking place. Kansas City last hosted the Writers' Conference back in 2000. Kansans who vote by mail would have to return their ballots by the end of Election Day under a bill being considered by state lawmakers. Daniel Cottle of the Kansas News Service reports. Under current law, mail-in ballots have three days to arrive and be counted as long as they're postmarked by Election Day. Some lawmakers say they want to eliminate that grace period so results aren't changing after Election Day. But critics say results still would not be finalized on Election Day due to the canvassing process. They say the bill is voter suppression. About 15% of votes in Kansas are cast by mail, but it's unclear how many come in after Election Day. Kansas City residents were left frustrated yesterday when City Council further delayed legislation to rename Troost to Truth Avenue. Chris Good, founder and owner of Ruby Jeans Juicery, has been spearheading efforts to rename Troost Avenue for nearly two years. The street is named after a slave owner, and residents say it's a symbol of the city's racist past. At a council committee meeting, Good directly criticized Mayor Quentin Lucas for stalling the process. You tout being one of us, understanding our struggle, even now saying you lived on Truce. Those words have no meaning. They have no weight. Lucas said the delay is because the proposal must be heard by the city's street renaming committee later this week, before city council takes a final vote. We'll be right back after this. Kansas City. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. We know we're champions. We push and we push and we always overcome adversity and we finish that strong. Let's go, KC. Let's go! From your biggest fans at KCUR. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive.
Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey have been the talk of Kansas City from the moment the pop star first appeared at a Chiefs game in September. In far-right circles, though, conspiracy theories about the power couple have been escalating, especially after the Chiefs punched their ticket to the Super Bowl. KCUR's Steve Kraske spoke with Jonathan Wiseman, a political reporter with the New York Times, about where this all came from. Well, it all started about the same time that, that Travis Kelsey and, uh, and um, Taylor, Taylor Swift started, and in September. That was when um, Taylor Swift went on Instagram and suggested that her followers register to vote, and within instant uh, 35,000 Swifties had registered to vote with this organization, vote.org. And it seemed like that sent uh, the far right into this panic mode. And we started hearing this notion of Taylor Swift as some kind of operative for the Democratic Party. Now, she did endorse Joe Biden in 2020. And back in 2018, she kind of got dipped into politics really for the first time and endorsed uh, two Democratic candidates in um, Tennessee, where she lives, where she has two houses. But really, she's not a particularly political right. figure. She's certainly not a protest, protest singer. Um, but, you know, it really started heating up when the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift narrative picked up. And in January, um, the the right just went nuts. This this idea that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey were some kind of contrived uh, couple made up by the National Football League and the Democratic Party to whip up interest in the Chiefs and football, all huh. in exchange, all in exchange for a a rigged Super Bowl in which. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift would go to the 50-yard line after the game, of course, won by the Chiefs, and endorse Joe Biden for president. Wow. I was going to say one conspiracy theory you just alluded to here that I've been hearing for a while now is this notion that the two of them are not a real couple. They're just doing this to support certain brands or certain political agendas. Where do you think all this is coming from? I don't know. It's odd. It's it's almost as if there's this strain of conspiratorial thinking in in the in the movement that made Donald Trump the MAGA movement that nothing good um could actually be real <laughs> you know that they have to see through the contrivances of mass media to the to the nefarious um now the nefarious conspiracy beneath and the whole country was so into the love story between Travis Kelsey and, and Taylor Swift that the right had to get in and say it's not what it seems to be. I, I honestly think that's what it was. Is this the first time we've seen the far right go after Taylor Swift? I mean, they've been talking about Taylor Swift as kind of a bad, as a bad person or bad omen for a while. There was a, a perennial candidate in Georgia, big Trump supporter, who began this idea that um, she is a satanic, uh, a satanic figure and that her concerts are replete with Satanism. Um, mm -hmm. That that was going on last year, too. So, 
you know, it's one of those things where there's a popular figure and somebody has to figure out why that that figure is actually bad for us. Hmm. Let's go back to this notion uh, as Fox News hosts are putting out there that Taylor Swift is an asset for the Pentagon. There's, of course, zero evidence to suggest that's true. How surprising is it to see how a story like this has played out on the far right? You know, the thing about it is it's not that surprising because Hmm. conspiracy theories are so integrated right now in so much of our politics. I mean, this is this is certainly less conspiratorial than the notion that the entire 2020 election was stolen. It, it, It certainly would have taken a much bigger conspiracy to steal a presidential election than to contrive a relationship between a football player and a pop star, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it is it is in it is embedded now in our politics, uh, these conspiracies. And you know, and they're and it's fomented by figures on the right. Um you know, some of them I, I, I find it hard to believe they actually believe this stuff. Vivek Ramaswamy, you know, a Harvard-educated biologist, mm. he he becomes, you know, he becomes very, very rich off of his biotech firm. Then he gets into politics, and now he is one of the great propagators of of these uh, of these conspiracy theories. He went on Twitter saying, "I wonder who's going to win the Super Bowl next month, and I wonder if there's a major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially culturally propped up couple this fall." Mm. I mean, really? Does Vivek Ramaswamy believe that? I was texting with him about it, and I said, "You know, do you really believe that these two people got together at the behest of the National Football League?" And he, you know, he said, "Yeah." He said, what your kind of people call conspiracy theories, I simply call an an amalgam of collective incentives hiding in plain sight. What role? It's not lost to me. You know, I'm I'm wondering about gender here, given uh, we're watching Taylor Swift. What role do you think gender plays in a story like this? I think it plays a very large Hmm. role and is an excellent question. You know, there's some people um, uh, who have actually floated the idea that Taylor Swift is after Travis Kelsey for his money. Yes. Now, this is the most <laughs> absurd thing in the world. I mean, Travis Kelsey is not a poor man. You know, I think I've seen estimates that he's worth $40 million. Taylor Swift is a billionaire. billionaire. Yeah. This is a woman who tips her truck drivers $100,000 each. Um, so the notion that she's at, that she's after his money is pure misogyny. That's just people convincing themselves that this is a a, a bewitching woman who is uh, going, who's destroying a a man's career. And, you know, you hear this, I I don't know if you guys heard it in Kansas City. Um, We were uh, passing through a hotel in Cleveland uh, around Christmas and heard these two barflies talking about how, uh, how Taylor Swift had destroyed Travis Kelsey's uh, concentration and was why the can why the chiefs were having their cold spell and like my wife said are we are men that weak <laughs> you know yeah um and i and and i think that certainly the travis kelsey uh taylor swift love story in some ways turned gender roles on their heads because here's a woman who is was considerably more famous than the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, right. elevating his star power 
and his value on the marketplace. Um, and uh, anyone with any you know modicum of seriousness understood who had the power in that relationship. Uh, and I think that that was a little bit, you know, gender role non-conforming, as they say. You know, if she was to endorse Joe Biden again, what kind of impact do you think that might have? I don't think it would have much impact at all. I think this is part of the craziness. I mean, the fact is that with this coming election, we have two characters, two candidates, likely the likely nominees, Everybody has their opinion. They know whether they like Joe Biden. They know whether they like Donald Trump. They know how they're going to vote. Um, I mean, we're talking about margins here. Mm -hmm. And I I just find it very difficult that uh, um, an endorsement will do that much. Um, I mean, of course, in a close election, people uh, have a right to, to, to fear whatever factors are involved. I mean, Democrats worry about third parties. They worry about RFK Jr. and such. So right. Republicans can worry about Taylor Swift. But I do think that a lot of this is overblown. Endorsements have never been a huge factor in elections. What has the Biden administration said about these conspiracy theories as they roll out here? I mean, the Biden administration is enjoying this whole thing. <laughs> There's no question that Joe Biden would love to have Taylor Swift's endorsement. He would love to have Taylor Swift, you know, involved in his campaign, stumping for him. That's almost certainly not going to happen. She might endorse it, but she's not going to go out on the stump for Joe Biden. Um, But, you know, what they really love is to watch um, this kind of self-immolation on the far right, because if the right attacks Taylor Swift, not just that's probably better for them than if she endorses him, because, you know, you know how it is when you're attacking your idol, that really gets your your back up. And I don't think that the Swifties need to be told that uh, MAGA is uh, attacking their idol. They know it. Um, and, you know, you see Taylor. So she kind of plays it cool. She doesn't she hasn't gotten involved at all. But. The, the swirl around all this Taylor Swift talk has certainly permeated Swift country. Um, so uh, I think <laughs> I, I think that the, the Biden the campaign is uh, enjoying every moment they've got right now. That was Steve Kresge speaking with Jonathan Wiseman on Up to Date. You can hear their full conversation in the Up to Date podcast feed. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Gabe Rosenberg. This podcast is produced by Anna Schmidt and KCUR Studios and edited by Madeline Fox. For even more coverage of the Super Bowl and Taylor Swift too, head to kcur.org. And if you like Kansas City Today, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review. It really helps new listeners discover us. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. 
Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Starris Institute.